Running an online store can feel isolating, but you don't have to go at it alone. Brand partnerships are a great way to increase revenue by collaborating with other creators. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Kier Whitaker about brand partnerships and what makes them so successful. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Good morning, Rian. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I am. Do I be honest? Should I be honest? I'm going to be honest. Okay. I'm not great. Okay. I am very anxious right now because today is election day. Yes, I wasn't anxious till you said that. No, that's what I'm here for. Anxious. Have you voted? Of course, I voted long ago. I did an absentee ballot because that's the way to do it, especially during a pandemic. I also have voted. I voted early, and I got notification from California that my ballot was received. That was the best text that I received. Yes, I was like, yes, have voted. (laughs) My 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 feelings were like. All right. I know my vote has now been counted and now I have to sit here and just like look at my hands until things happen. It's like turning in uh, the answers for a test, but you know you're not going to get the results for the test for like a month afterwards. Yes. Isn't great. (sighs) It's not a great feeling, but. It is not a great feeling. Here we are. If you're listening and you haven't voted, Please go exercise your constitutional right to vote. I will say our podcast makes for a really great listen in the car on the way to your voting precinct. Yes. And possibly if you have to wait in line, and I'm sorry if you do, um, but if you have to wait in line while, while voting, give us a listen. We're here with you emotionally. We're sending you good vibes. (laughs) Okay. So... We've addressed the election and now we can move on. Can because we? I'm just, I, no, <laughs> it is a forever thing, but I feel like people are not listening to us talk about the election for 45 no, minutes. No. So okay. we should probably talk about brand partnerships because that's the topic of this episode this week. Fair. So we should probably preface this by saying we've recorded this episode four months ago, a yeah, while well, not, ago. Not this part, though, just for clarity. This- <laughs> We're very future thinking. (laughs) (laughs) This part we're recording a few days before the podcast. Uh, The interview at the end was recorded a couple months ago. (laughs) So I think what would be cool is you'll you'll listen to the the interview and we'll be talking about some brand partnerships and some really cool partnerships that, that, you know, we discovered during that time. But we have some more recent brand partnerships that I think would be cool to talk about. What do you think? I, I'm a huge fan of brand partnerships. I always have been. I think it's a missed marketing opportunity for so many people. And I, I've seen some really after prime day or during prime day, or as I will call it now, the new kickoff of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I know the sales haven't quite been the same, but we've seen some pretty large volume, pretty large volume. (laughs) large volume in sales. And anyways, I got this this uh, email marketing that I think I sent to you, Kelly. I think I screen recorded it and sent it to you because I was you so did. pumped on it. And it was from Bippy. 
and it's a Bippy Tushy and Bite. And I don't know what order it was in, but Bippy is toilet paper made out of something sustainable. And then Bite are sustainable toothpaste, toothpaste tabs. And then Tushy is a bidet, right? So these are three sustainable products that they're now, they're marketing together. They sent an email. The email came from Bippy, but it had all the products in it. And I was like, this is awesome. They really did a great job with it. And uh, I I was a really big fan of that. And how cool, like, hey, we have these three things in common. They're all, what is that? A Santa, like, what's it called when you're clean? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go with, like, sanitizing. I don't know what you're going for. Grooming. Grooming? (laughs) All right. We're going to go with grooming. We'll just leave it at that. We're going to fight over words right now so this is a good place to just leave it yeah anyways they're all personal care items there, there we, we go. go yay they're all personal care items they're all sustainable so they can all live together and they're not crossing into each other's territories so they can market next to each other so that's something i saw recently that i was really amped on kelly what about you So one that I thought was really clever was a brand partnership between Judy and Poopery. So Judy is an emergency preparedness company. So they sell like emergency preparedness kits, like basically grab and go kind of situations. Um, Poopery sells this toilet spray basically so if you're going to speak up the bathroom I know what's (laughs) happening I I don't know maybe it's just for spending who knows I am not even going to like try to break this one down anyway they sell a toilet spray that makes the toilet smell better you know whatever when you need to use poop room yes So what they did was they created a product, a kit, that they are calling the Judy for your booty. And it is a preparedness kit that it says, always be prepared for number two with this ready kit stock with everything you need for those unexpected bathroom emergencies. I think it's genius. I I love it. I What can I say that's not... Yes. I also love that the URL to buy this kit is poo.judy.co. No, it is not. That's too good. P-O-O.judy.co. Ah, too good. I feel like I just read that like it's a promotion. I'm not promoting Poo it. Judyco. Yeah, we're not promoting it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I just pulled it up. Oh, it's too good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know so, Poopery made hand wipes until like this very I moment. did not know that either. So <laughs> we're learning all kinds of things today. No, this is a great landing page too. So It is a great landing. Uh-oh, now Kelly and I switched to teardown mode. We're like, hold on, let's talk about oh, it. Oh, no. Okay, we tend to do that. <laughs> we do tend to do that. I mean, if we're I- going to do it, I might as well just break it down a little bit more. Um, there is no – they have some social proof in there for where they've been featured, like where their companies have been featured. But I guess since this is a brand-new partnership that's limited edition, they don't have any testimonials for it. And I feel like they probably would have tested it out with some groups of people beforehand. And it would be good to get some testimonials from people being like, man – I had that bathroom emergency and I was so thankful that I had the Judy for my booty. So there's <laughs> there's some coffee on here. Is it okay? Can I swear? Is swearing okay? Yep. We're on episode 24. <laughs> you can swear. It says 
any situation. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, I am a hard person to impress with copywriting. And this copy is making me laugh, which is good. Also, they have like a board scan this thing for Spotify. Like what happens when I scan this? How do I scan it with my phone? Oh, if you scroll. Oh, yeah. oh. I'm going to yeah. find out. I'm going to find out too. I don't know how uh, this works. Now, now everyone's okay, just, just listening to us trying to figure out this thing out. I don't think yeah, it's I a QR it. code. Okay. I, I don't know how it works. Spotify. <laughs> Welcome to our brains, everybody. This is... This, I have no um, idea. Sorry. Oh, oh, I can take a picture. Oh, sir. Nope. Oh, you can scan. I figured it out. I figured it out. Okay. There's a playlist. I think this is a playlist for while you poop. Amazing. Um, How do you so scan? The, okay, so you go to search, and you click in the search bar up top, and then uh, uh, <gasps> the camera, see, a camera appears. Yeah. And so, FYI, while you're pooping, um, imagine where you can go. A song by Poopery will play, and also drop it like it's hot. This is the <laughs> This is this is really great marketing. Wipe me down. Push it. So fresh. So clean. <laughs> smells like Teen Spirit. Started from the bottom. This is amazing. Oh okay, this is the level of creativity I strive for. Yeah. This is so good. Those were the two partnerships that we wanted to talk about <laughs> that I think are – you know what? I feel a little bit bad because I feel like these two partnerships are way better than what we discussed in the actual interview, mainly because we just enjoyed that amazing copy it's going to be hard to beat. But please stick around because the interview is actually really good and here is awesome. And Phenomenal. let's just go ahead and get into the interview now. Let's do it. Joining us today is Kier Whitaker, a marketing and business consultant helping Shopify-focused companies. He's the co-founder of Default, a former Shopify employee, and is a backpack-obsessed traveler. Kier, thanks so much for joining us today. Real pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So let's kick things off by learning who you are. Tell us about yourself. Oh, blimey. Um, well, uh, as, as per the introduction, uh, yeah, a few things going on at the moment. Um, but um, mostly, and this is how we met, I guess it was through my work at, at Shopify. I was one of the first 100 employees of Shopify back in 2012, when there were around 20,000 stores, I think, operating on the platform. So uh, times have changed quite a lot. Um, and I was uh, one of the first people in the UK, and I was brought on board by Harley, um, the C now COO, to help um, sort of spread the word to agencies and uh, web designers about the possibilities of um, using Shopify for their clients. And um, you, you may not remember this, Kelly, or you prob probably will, Rianne might too, but um, back in those days, eight, nine years ago, e-commerce was a very different beast. It was expensive servers. It was, uh, you know, certificates of security. It was merchant accounts. Bank managers would look at you like you were crazy. You want to sell things online. You must have you must have a <laughs> store as well. and be like, no. And, and Shopify really changed the game in that regard, um, even before Shopify payments. And, and, you know, it was very easy to, to get set up and, and considerably easier using Shopify um, for a platform to sell online. And so I, um, my, my role was really to try and entice web designers who were maybe doing content management sites to, to think about working with Shopify as a platform because they basically had all the skills. You know, 
you can do HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, you can adopt Shopify and add an extra string to your bow, which I think everyone at the time thought, you know, e-commerce was on, on the rise, and obviously it has gone exponential since then. So um, ended up working at Shopify for sort of seven, seven years, I think, um, morphing through that kind of advocacy role into some of the events that Shopify hosted, where we've both had the privilege of uh, working together on those. And then at the end of 2018, I felt there was a sort of time for a change um, and had that itch to go back and do my own thing. Over the years, I've worked for companies and worked for myself, um, but still wanted to stay in space. And I thought, what, uh, what, what do I know? What can I do? So I sort of lent some of the skills that I've learned over the years to agencies working in Shopify, um, sort of looking at branding, positioning, marketing, strategy, uh, and app companies in a similar way. Um, but I also worked with some founders um, doing sort of coaching um, a, as well to help them work through some of the challenges of team building and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that's been really interesting. And more recently, um, started a company uh, with a friend of mine, confusingly called Kieran. It's not confusing to us, but uh, to others it is. Um, Kieran, Kieran, a longtime friend who uh, we met uh, arguing over the one plug in Starbucks in Bath in the, the city that I live in the UK. There was one plug where you could uh, you know, take your laptop and if you were positioned in the seat, as we know, knew it in quotes, the seat, you would get access to the plug and... <laughs> That's that's how we met. We met over a plug socket. Um, so there's there's been more romantic uh, ways of meeting people, but uh, that was that Wait, one. Did and, he work um, for Shopify then, or did you? No, is that how he? No, that's okay. Okay. No, he ended up at Shopify much later. <laughs> um, but we we live about five miles apart now, and um, yeah, we we worked on other projects way before Shopify came on in, into into scene. But um, we've uh, we're, we're working on some products for the partner ecosystem. Uh, but more recently, um, I've also bought an app, uh, which has been an interesting what? journey. Yes, you didn't tell uh, me this. No, no I, I love know. buying apps. Well, well, we'll what we'll do, we'll do it up, and then then you can buy it off us. <laughs> it's called um, it's called Smart Order Notifications. There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, on it, uh, we've, we've put together, got it back in the app store, but fundamentally it allows merchants to uh, create uh, rules that say um, if a certain product is ordered, um, then do, then send a notification. Or if you only want to send the donut uh, orders from today to your baker, you can do that. So it, it's, it's, it's more around helping kind of the logistics of your business um, and things like that. So um, I've done it really no service there at all. It does say a lot. <laughs> what it does a lot better on the app store listing, um, but yeah. So f- fingers in a few pies. It's it's been interesting, sort of of, of late turning to, to to something new and getting back to those sort of development roots, which is kind of where I came from. I was a sort of self taught. Um, I think we called them web designers or and or web developers back in the day. But uh, what what you know uh, what you know. this is kind of off topic. But I was talking to one of my employees yesterday. Um, I would like to bring back the term webmaster. Oh, you want the little diggy man as well to say the site's not finished and absolutely. I want to be a master of the web. Yeah, I think you can self-designate both of you. (laughs) Bezos, move out the way. (laughs) Why not? Webmaster. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant term, but um one that has never adorned my email footer, but uh maybe it should. (laughs) (laughs) So now that I've we've learned that you've acquired an app, which I think is awesome, um, and I have acquired an app in the past as well, so we have to. That's a whole other conversation that I'd love to get into with you. So um, we mentioned that you're backpack obsessed, and the, the way we all met, by the way, for for those of you who don't know us, is all through events. So I met Kier in Bristol in 2000. I don't know, 16. I think um, so. Yeah. Or maybe before that. And I know Kelly met him. Kelly, when did you meet here? 
Uh, would it be Pursuit? Well, I don't know if we met before Pursuit New York. Yeah, I think it was New York. Uh, Pursuit is a Shopify partner event. That was yeah. my first time I ever spoke at an event. So that was fun. And she crushed it. Yeah. She crushed it. You would have never known it was her first time speaking. Oh, well, trust I think, me, I, I think it was introduced. <laughs> this is Kelly's first time speaking. <laughs> no, I joke. Well, okay, okay. She did call herself out. <laughs> yeah, I did. But as a I'm all for transparency. <laughs> I would say it was not obvious that it was a first time moment. Okay, so Kier, outside of apps, outside of this, I, I know you love to travel and obviously travel is paused right now, but I also know you love backpacks. So why do you love backpacks? I don't know. I've always been obsessed by bags. Um, like um, traveling light and traveling efficiently and, and and not checking a bag has become something of an obsession, especially the more you do it, right? And um, That is true. I, I, lo- I loathe to check a bag. That is a worst case scenario 100% of the time for me. Having to sort of pull down the the suitcase with the wheels just sort of sort of feels like admitting defeat. But we're just traveling with the family. We we do that. I'm I'm you know I'm yeah I I, I pity the family traveling with me because I was, you know this is how I go through an airport and you know you look at these <laughs> other people struggling and you just oh. so yeah there's, there's an element of snobbery which I I don't like in myself about it. But um, yeah I've always liked bags. I think there's there's a lot about finding those brands and funnily enough Shopify has hundreds of great bag brands on it. Um, uh, many Fallout? of them. Are there any that I'm missing? Uh, I'd, I'd have to send you a list. Um, uh, please do. I just put uh, them on the spot. So that's... <laughs> but many, many come from Kickstarter as a huge place for, for backpacks as well. And then many of them morph into selling um, further on Shopify. And so, um, yeah, I think... Um, but let's say Bellroy is a great one. They're, they're not on Shopify, but they're a great brand that started off doing um, sort of wallets and um, and now really have kind of changed the, the bag market. Uh, this is probably taking a deviation you didn't expect. Um, yeah. Hey, but, you know uh, what? <laughs> we are, everyone who's listening right now is a merchant, or at least for the most part, and they all sell something that we want to buy. And if you want to buy a backpack, I think it's relevant to the conversation. There's another brand called Pact, P-A-K-T dot uh, com, who um, came out of, um, there's, a, there's a designer called, Mike, I think it was Malcolm Fontier, I'll stand corrected, um, who created this bag about a decade ago. And then, have you heard of the guys called The Minimalists? These two guys who sort of dropped out of the rat race and wrote yes. about that. And they, they did a little documentary and they had one of his original bags. And it's like a, it's like a duffel bag, but opens like a suitcase. And they, um, they got so much interest from the documentary that they then did an Indiegogo and that became um, super popular. I think it was the biggest bag on Indiegogo at the time. And then <laughs> they've subsequently done like a travel coffee press and they've now gone into to backpacks as well. So uh, they are on Shopify pack. P-A-K-T, um, dot com as well. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I have too many, um, but um, <laughs> I have to rationalize. We're going to have a backpack episode just where all we do is talk about backpacks. You you would hate traveling with me. I travel with an away bag, but it, it is a carry-on, but it, is not, it does not go on my back. It does not pack on my I back. I refuse to care, do any rolling bags that is not in my, like, we do we not own one in this house. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we'd have to take it out that debate outside of the the conversation <laughs> of commerce too. But uh, so, but anyway, uh, okay, speaking okay. of what the whole purpose of this conversation was, <laughs> actually to talk about partnerships. So, why are partnerships so important for merchants? I think partnerships in general can be utilized for for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, you know, certainly the experience that I had, and I will bring it back to commerce uh, and sort of merchant facing stuff. But like, you know, it's like it's a, it's a marketing channel. It's a way that you can, you know, ad- 
work with someone who has access to to people or an audience or a market that you want to to you know work in or or um, become better known in. And I think as long as they are symbiotic and you both go into it knowing that you know you're both getting something from it and you're open and honest about it, they can be very profitable. So um, and we were talking before before the show about sort of how there are some obvious examples, you know, with sports and sponsorships, which are kind of partnerships, but you can see how um, both sides, you know, say Serena Williams working with Nike or Nike, uh, as you might prefer, um, you know, they they work together very closely and so both forward each other's agenda. And obviously that does result in in, in sales for, for Nike, but also, um, you know, bringing a lot of um, certain issues to the fore that m- might not have happened before. And I think you can you can see it with smaller brands as well, where they'll have a partnership and, you know, maybe... I think I used the example earlier of sort of a homewares brand partnering with a sort of candle brand and they do a collaboration and they both go in each other's store and it opens up um, the markets to each other. So I think, you know, fundamentally, um, cynically, you could say that they're, they're a great marketing tool, but d- done well, I think they can they can last and prosper and um, allow you to to meet people and customer bases that you don't previously or wouldn't naturally have access to. So follow-up question there. How does one go about getting a partnership? Like if I'm a merchant and I'm just starting out and I want to build this relationship, what steps do I take? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of the million million dollar question, isn't it? Um, you you harass someone on LinkedIn with many messages <laughs> until, until they respond uh, or, or, you know, you think, well, they haven't replied for three weeks. So I'll, I'll move on to the next uh, victim. Um, or <laughs> you, um, I think, you know, just try and be genuine. I think... Yeah, you guys, you guys will know this when you get a, a genuine inquiry, and by that I mean someone who's, you know, they've um, they've taken the time to learn a bit about you. They've take, taken a bit of time to learn about your business or your interests or how you operate, or they maybe they've seen you speak or they read a, a blog post by you, and you're showing, you know, doing that sort of due diligence, if you will, about about your business, about your brand, and then having an ask. Right? It's like why. Why, you know, it's the classic, oh, can I just, do, do we do coffee? I mean, it doesn't always work. I think sometimes you, you have to go in with, with, a, with an, a, clear, a clear question and a clear ask and a, and a clear next step. And I think um, if you've done your due diligence and, and you've got a proposal, um, just be open and honest about it. And, and then, you know, hopefully the conversation will start that way. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, some of the other more forceful, you know, mass mail outs, we've all, we've all received them. Particularly, that they don't jibe, right? They don't. You don't feel that someone's necessarily put the effort in. Um, and fundamentally, often partnerships, when you're starting out, you don't have that financial clout to to offer something other than, you know, let's work on something together with the hope that it will will work out for both of us as well. So I think it's it's yeah. I think in the way that they say pe- uh, people buy from people, um, I think partnerships work because people fundamentally get along and, and understand each other and where they both want to go with it. I think one of the things you just said too is is really important regarding um, doing your research before reaching out because I have had many experiences where folks have reached out via LinkedIn or email and it's always like oh let's let's get on the phone to talk about your business and it's, it's I always kind of think well but you just emailed me I thought you already would have known about my business and and it's always this weird like ah oh, I don't know I, I I don't think I want to be have a business relationship with someone who didn't do the work so I think that's really critical. Yeah, I would I would agree wholeheartedly. I think it really shows when someone, um, especially through email, right, which is, it's very direct, but it can be quite impersonal. Um, you know, um, I, I'm a bit old school. I think I put like, you know, goodbye, you know, thanks, bye, whatever, dear, whatever. <laughs> it's like, and most people I get, it's just like, you know, one-liners. But um, 
I think yeah, showing that you've done 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 that research pays dividends, and uh, you you know you can drop drop a little something in. Oh, I was reading your 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 article on X, or I really like your opinion on Y, and oh, okay, yeah, I can see what you're doing, but I like it. It's good. I'm going to read on. <laughs> I think that's a good point, though, because we're talking partnerships and partnerships can, you know, present themselves in different ways, whether it's brand to brand or brand to person. So I think one of the things that we we might want to talk about is like uh, an affiliate or a sponsor, especially when reaching out to like influencers, mm. because there are different ways, there are different expectations from the influencer side. Like, do they want money? Do they want free products? Like, what is it that is expected? Um, and, you know, we're talking briefly about the value of it has there has to be value on both sides of this so do you have any insight on on presenting that kind of uh pitch to maybe an in, like a micro influencer uh when you're just getting started um i can't really speak you know directly to sort of reaching out to the to, to the to the brand names of influencers but i think you know that the, the principles are the same right if you if you're looking for um you know, sponsorships in general or working with an affiliate. And by that, I guess we mean someone who um, the financial arrangement is that they will get a percentage of a sale or, um, you know, uh, you'll get, maybe you'll start on a, a lower percentage and the more more that come through the link and buy through the store, you get a higher percentage and all that kind of thing. Um, I think the principles are the same in terms of just like, yeah, you, you, you really want to know what... Um, what they can offer you as much as what you can offer them, right? So I think oftentimes with influencers and sponsorships, it's about understanding the 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 offering from them. So what what are they what are they offering you? Is it a, is it a tweet? Is it a follow up? Is it emails? All of that kind of stuff. And then you know working back through your own um, metrics to work out whether you know that's equitable for you at the time. So with sponsorships, which I've been involved in for many years, but again, slightly not merchants. I used to handle all the kind of um, Shopify partner sponsorships. And so it'd be like a conference. There's an audience um, who would probably like Shopify, hopefully. Um, what? How can we get in front of them? Um, what are the costs? And some some people want hundreds of thousands and, you know, you, they'd, they'd put a sticker in a bag and you think, well, no, that doesn't make sense to me. But others would be very, you know, ingratiating. Well, if you want to do a little lunch and learn, provide lunch, we, we can put that in. Adds value to the to the audience, um, people attending, and uh, you you get to sort of natively display your product as well. So I think it's, and I would imagine with merchants and influencers at different stages of your growth, um, those numbers will be less frightening than at others. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's really just, the value is so hard, though, isn't it, with uh, with sort of influencers and um, and and that side of it. But I think with affiliates, it's it's more measured. You know, I think they have the affiliate marketers who are very very good at this kind of stuff have uh, sort of proven systems and they have data to back it up, and they will be able to say, well, you know, I want a slightly bigger percentage because based on you know my ten years experience, this is how I help brands in your vertical grow, and this is the kind of referrals that you will be expecting. So that's why I'm asking for this particular amount. You know. What do you think makes a partnership successful? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I think, I think fundamentally, you have to like each other, right? You have to like the product. You have to like the <laughs> That's service. That's true. That's true. Um, especially, you know, when when there's maybe not a financial um, input initially. So brands collaborating and that uh, in that guise, you know. Uh, do you, do you get on? Do you, do the products complement each other? Do the services complement each other? 
Uh, and then I think it's just honesty, as I said earlier, like, you know, no surprises. Let's, let's be open and honest about what we're both trying to do here. Um, let's document that. Let's agree it. And, and then, then let's do it. I think um, we've all been in situations where when uh, in any business relationship, things aren't as clear as they should be. And uh, those surprises always come back to haunt you, I think. So, um, yeah, and just being open and honest about the quid pro quo. You know, what, what, what is it? You know, I am coming to you with a with a proposition because it will benefit me, but in return, I would like to, you know, benefit you as well if I can. So we briefly touched on when we were first starting to talk about partnerships, some good examples of brand partnerships. And I think the three of us have, you know, various experience with uh, examples, but let's discuss some of those that we've, we've come across that would be uh, worth discussing. If you have any good examples of good brand partnerships. But it's funny when you start thinking about it, it's like, whoa, whoa. What are great brand partnerships? Well, one that recently fell into my um, inbox was uh, one I mentioned earlier, which was, <clears throat> and again, I'll, I'll say it the English way, Adidas and Allbirds. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but I think this was really interesting because when you think about it, they're both shoe um, companies, right? They're both footwear. And obviously Adidas is huge, known across the world. Um, Allbirds is kind of like on trend, I guess, in a certain, <laughs> in a certain market. I do, I do confess to having a pair and they are very, very comfortable. I have three pairs. Yeah, okay, okay. All of us have all birds. Uh, yeah, which is there's, there's a lot about us, probably. Um, but on first glance, you're thinking, well, what, what, what's going on there? You know, one's a huge, I mean, all birds' revenues aren't uh, small, of course, but like, you know, Adidas is huge. Uh, they, they, they extend well beyond footwear, but um, they, they've come together to sort of create sort of a state, sustainable, eco-friendly shoe. And so I think... It, you can kind of see the partnership there, and it, they're, they're Adidas are jumping onto the kind of um, the, the market that Allbirds has, has, has penetrated, um, and they're getting that kind of kudos of having working with someone who's leading in a certain sort of sustainability eco way. And then Allbirds, I would imagine and hope that, that they're gaining a whole new audience who may never have heard of them through their collaboration with one of the biggest sports brands. And so it kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, is it weighted equally? I, well, I would suspect not, but obviously Adidas um, feel that that's a market that they're, you know, is going to help them grow um, and is probably getting bigger. You know, they're a D2C brand. They have shops now, I believe, all birds, but, um, you know, they'd be, you know, they're, they're, they're of the moment and sort of very popular online. So I think maybe, you know, it, it does make sense. So it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. I'm looking at the Auburn's website right now to see what that partnership is. Um, it looks like they partnered with Adidas to, over the next year, we're committing to combining our talents and resources to create the lowest carbon footprint for, uh, performance shoe ever. So that's really cool. Um, ultimate goal of, of a net zero product. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it really it sort of took me by surprise when when I got the email about that one. But um, I can see I can see how it makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because they're talking about a product that doesn't exist yet. So they're not even promoting a collaboration where they're actively selling the product. They're just talking about, hey, we are now working together to create this product. That's interesting. And I, I feel like Adidas has done this before, right? Like they have a Stella McCartney collab and other collaborations. And perhaps this is just in their wheel, wheelhouse and their experience in doing this. But I love the the fact that they're stepping out of their comfort zone and working towards a zero emission product. Like that's Rev- for sports, that's revolutionary. I, my daughter's an athlete, and sh- there's a lot of waste that comes with being an athlete. Like you go through shoes, you go through products. So to have a, a product that you can just go through and it not impact the environment as much as you know just throwing away a hundred fifty dollar pair of running shoes every three months. 
I, th- I think yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think what's interesting about this one is you would think on, on the surface that these are competing businesses, right? Right, right. On the surface, they're totally competing, but they're not. So, so I mean, I think that that's that's an interesting thing. You know, maybe merchants out there who are thinking about how do I collaborate, you know, maybe don't rule out uh, <laughs> people who are direct competitors. Maybe there is, you know, uh, there is room there for some kind of partnership and collaboration that would actually benefit you both in a way that might not be obvious. Which ones did you have? Sorry, you had some good ones. Oh, well, I really like Lingua Franca because they keep coming into my inbox and tempting me with $400 cashmere sweaters. And I haven't <laughs> given in yet because that... It's a little spendy. (laughs) However, I think their brand is beautiful. It's well-constructed. And they have loads of collaborations. And they even have on their page, it's called LF and Friends. And that showcases all of the collaborations they've done. And they've done it with... I can't even go through all of them. There's so There are a lot of them. Yeah. But that's a really good example of folks that kind of actually run up against them in theory in the market, but yet they've managed a collaboration with them that is mutually beneficial. Yeah, it's interesting. If you reframe partnership as collaboration, I think it does it does lead us down different avenues, doesn't it? And I think, uh, particularly in apparel, I um, uh, I, I think they're disparagingly, t- you know, they're like known as mummy bloggers in the UK at least. But uh, you know, I follow I follow a few on Instagram, and uh, you'll find one that, of my friends um, is a mummy blogger. I don't think it's <laughs> disparaging. Is it not? Okay, I don't know. I didn't I didn't <laughs> want to use the wrong word. I apologize if that's if that's. I, I could also. Term. I'm sorry, Danielle, if I'm incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, you, you'll often find that they they you know they'll they'll collaborate with with clothing brands or small um, small brands and you know do, do a line of shirts or um, sweats and that kind of stuff as well. So I think yeah, and then again, the quid pro quo, it's a, it's a natural relationship, collaboration, audience, audience. It, it does make a lot of sense. I also came across another brand called Paper and Clay. They're a ceramics company, but they partnered with various other companies. Like for example, they created a ceramic candle holder to promote somebody else's candles who like all that company does is create candles. So that's a really good example of a collaboration, how your your products go very well together and you're both benefiting from it. Yeah. I think it's, um, I guess, depending on the product that you're selling, it there's bound, you know, nine times out of 10, there will be a complementary product that works well with it, right? Um um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like sourcing those out and seeing if there's an opportunity there, I think. Well, this this has been awesome, Kier. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. And we need to know something really important right now. Okay. <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I am at kierwhitaker.com. Uh, I, it's, uh, one of the, 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 blessings of having a slightly unusual name is that you, you can get the domains and usernames. Yes. So, uh, yes uh, you, you must, you must know this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly wasn't as fortunate, I believe. I mean, I had kellyrider.com, but unfortunately kellyvon.com was already purchased by somebody a long time ago. Side story. I called him expressing interest in purchasing the domain from him. He called me a scammer and hung up on me. <laughs> Yeah, he's got your number. Like we should revisit that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, com is my consultancy site. And then defaulthq.com uh, is the um, the business. And uh, yeah, most uh, most social media. Uh, oh, I don't post much. I'm, I'm certainly not in your league, Kelly, um, but at Kiewitika <laughs> on Instagram and uh, on, the, on the Twitter. Wonderful. 
So we're closing out each of these episodes by shouting out a Shopify store that we've come across, something that maybe the the products are cool or just the store itself is cool. And here, I'm going to put you on the spot to call out a Shopify store. Okay. I've, um, in lockdown, one's uh, alcohol intake may have increased marginally. And as a result of... Uh, the wonders of home delivery. I'm I'm going to recommend a, a brewery, a UK brewery called Beaver Town, which is on Shopify. Um, they do some um, amazing uh, beers. Uh, their their branding is is kind of crazy. Um, they you know they they hijack the cursor and they've got a little rocket ship and it's all skulls and all sorts. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Beaver Town Brewery is the dot um, uh, co uk is the full address. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, they've. Um, Lupaloid, my favorite, just for the record. Uh, but they do some cool, cool branded um, hoodies and beanies and glasses and various other things. And um, yeah, I, I, it, it's literally, if, you, if people don't believe that email works uh, as a marketing tool, <laughs> I've literally, every time they've emailed me in the last two months, I'm like, yep, yeah, buying. It's like, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Are we getting low? I've only got 28 bottle cans left. I better get another one. <laughs> I may run out. I may run out. Yeah, and uh, I'm not que- I'm not queuing two meters apart to go and buy beer, so uh, that would look bad. So um, yeah, buying it all in, and uh, yeah, that that will be my pick for the, for this one. You say it looks bad, but in the state of Georgia, we can't have alcohol delivered, and so I order online, but then I have to stand in line to pay and receive my products. So did you just say you can't have alcohol delivered? Yeah. Wow. Okay. We we have different state regulations over here. So like in California, not only can you have alcohol delivered, you can also have cannabis delivered. Kelly can have nothing delivered besides food. Like there are some companies, <laughs> I, think, I think wine is the only thing that's allowed. Wow. Okay. Anything else cannot be delivered. Um, there is a bill in the house right now that is sitting there allowing for alcohol delivery. And I'm crossing my fingers that it passes the Georgia, whatever you call it, their session starts up again uh, in 10 days. So fingers crossed, that's one of the things that they address. It's not the most important thing on the docket, but I would I have a personal interest in this one. Yeah, if you'll indulge me for one minute, I have a funny story about trying to buy alcohol in a foreign country. Um, one of my <laughs> first trips to, to Canada... Um, for 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 Shopify when I went over to meet them, um, they put me up in this ridiculous suite in in a hotel in in, um, in Ottawa, and I had a little kitchen. So I thought I'll go and buy some food and uh, you know cook. I won't necessarily go out because it was like <laughs> minus thirty or something ridiculous. So I go in the supermarket and the British supermarkets. The alcohol is kind of at the end aisle. It's like what you get to last, right? You know, you're done for. There's something to look forward to. I can go and, go and have a few uh, you know bottles, or whatever. Put them in as a last gesture. And so I'm wandering around this supermarket. I've got my, you know, my oversized butter that I'm not going to finish, you know, my, my sliced <laughs> cheese, a loaf of bread that I'll have to slice, whatever. And I'm wandering around. I'm like, this is weird. There's just no alcohol in here. There's no alcohol. And I'm like, so I, I went around the supermarket like three times trying to find it. And I thought, I'm not going to be the Brit who asks where the booze is. <laughs> so I didn't buy any. And I went, I went in the office. I said, how was last night? I said, yeah, I went, I went to buy some food at the, the local store. I said, really weird. It was like, there was no booze there. But, sorry? I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you can't buy alcohol at the supermarket? I was like, sorry? I said, like, you can buy alcohol in a petrol station in the UK. What's going on here? And they said, did you not notice that big thing called the LCBO, the, the, the massive 
place <laughs> opposite the supermarket. I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, that's the booze store. That's where you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's the place you have to go and literally just, you know, all it sells. I was like, oh, well, it's a lesson I learned quickly. So um, yeah, next time around, it was, it was fine. But um, yeah, it really threw me. <laughs> it is always, it is surprising. My husband's Canadian. And the first time we went to an American Costco, he's like, you can buy alcohol at a Costco? And I was like, you can't? I was very <laughs> confused. Okay, so my store that I want to highlight this week is Thigh Society. I'm a really big fan as it gets and heats up, especially where I am. Um, I love to wear dresses. And I also like to be comfortable. And Thigh Society is not shapewear. It's a size-inclusive. They, they say they call it a second skin solution. It's like shorts that go under your dresses so you're comfy is the best way I know how to describe it. And I've had a pair for several years and there's their store keeps getting better and better and better. And I'm super into it and I'm into the assets they use and the size inclusion and so much about it. So And the really great user experience on the website. Full disclosure, Thigh Society is one of our clients. Yeah, but that, that's so it's like, that's like a, a coincidence because when Kelly told me, she's like, Thigh Society is my client. I'm like, oh, I bought Thigh Society two years ago before I went on my trip to Italy because I wanted to be comfy, but also in a dress. So I'm a huge fan. I love the name. That That's just fantastic. That's worthy of yourself, Kelly. You must have been quite envious when uh, when you heard that one. Yeah. And it's so com. They're so comfortable. That's crucial to know. Okay, Kelly, what's your favorite store of the week? So I've been really into buying art lately. Um, we're buying some really fun, random art. Like we have animals and things like that. Just not your typical art. So I'm calling out the store uh, 20 by 200. Uh, it's a website that has like a bunch of different kinds of uh, art for every style. A lot of artists are featured on there. Um, there's a lot of really, really great stuff to check out on there. Um, I'm I'm a big fan. I think the, the user experience of the site is also uh, really great. That's really nice. So, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, because art's a hard one online, I think, sometimes, because you, you just no idea how big it is, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. And, and so the more immersive you can make it, the more like in-situ shots you get and the more you can sort of picture it on your wall and that kind of stuff. In executing well on a the purchasing experience for art is, is difficult and you can really tell when a site does it well. Um, for things like I want canvas, I want, I want framed canvas art with a floating frame, for example. Being able to customize it and see, you know, what the additional price will be, especially if I'm buying a larger piece of art, whatever it might be. Um, it's it's a tough thing to get right. And I think 20 by 200 did a good job of it. Here. We could chat all day, and I would love to chat all day and get a Negroni, but yeah. we don't have we we can't we can't. Everyone's going to stop stop listening at some juncture. So, thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to the next time we get to see your face, speak to you, and keep us apprised of everything apps related. We're so, I'm so excited for you. We're so excited for you. That's very kind, and uh, yeah, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Appreciate the uh, opportunity. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We now have a YouTube channel. Visit us at youtube.com slash commerce tea. We're doing friendly Shopify store teardowns, and I think you'll really enjoy them. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to see your feedback. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us. See you next week.
Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.